0: Welcome back to Same Again, where we're looking at life after lockdown and to the Bible for our answers. If you haven't watched the first couple of videos, they're below, so please go and do that now. My name's Rob, and our question for tonight is, will there be justice? We've been hearing lots of heartfelt cries for justice recently, haven't we? Perhaps that's been your own heartfelt cry, or even tears for the injustice in our world. When a crime or wrongdoing is committed against another person, justice is what we want. Our expectation and desire is that the judge will bring a sentence that fits the crime. Justice always requires a sentence to be served. It just wouldn't pass, would it, to those who are hurting to say that the person was found guilty and yet released. Until that sentence is given, families go through an immense amount of sorrow and pain. In these short talks we've been seeing that the root of evil in our world and in our lives is our own decision a decision to reject the rightful rule of the world God and want to run things ourselves rebelling against God we may actually make a mess of the world and our lives and the lives of others we saw that in our last video why evil and tonight the question we're grappling with is this will there be justice Another way of asking that question, what will God do about evil? And what he does or doesn't do, well that's going to reflect how much he cares about the world he has made. My son Eddie is turning two just next month, on the 13th. My wife picked up a blue balance bike for him just today. If I really love Eddie, you'd expect to see that in my concern for him. Such that my response to anyone that would seek to harm him would be very strong indeed. In that scenario, you might even say that my love is proportionate to my anger. Because God made the world and rules the world, he is angry at the evil we do towards each other and towards him and towards ourselves. To do nothing would not only be a massive neglect of justice, but also a massive neglect of love. With that in mind, let's see what God does do. We've got our verse for today, which is in the letter of Hebrews. And it's this, man is destined to die once and after that, to face judgment. Man is destined to die once and after that, to face judgment. This short verse tells us two things. First, that our rebellion won't be allowed to continue forever. We find death a painful subject, don't we? And we usually choose to avoid thinking about it. But we know we all die. Death should teach us that our rebellion against God doesn't last. He won't let it continue forever. He is bringing it to an end. But the verse goes on and this is where we start to feel quite uncomfortable. It says that we should fear something more than death. It says that we face God's judgment. Me, you and everyone who has ever lived. At the start, we said, didn't we, that justice always requires a sentence being served and the sentence that fits this crime is hell. Why? Well, we've rejected the eternal God of life and so we end up eternally separated from him. In doing, God is actually giving us what we asked for and what we said we wanted, a destiny free from him forever. And yet what we are yet to realise And this will be the big shock, is that hell isn't a place where there's raves and parties all night. As God withdraws from us, he takes with him all his life giving goodness and everything in this life that brings us satisfaction will no longer be there. It's quite a scary thought. But as I was preparing this, the question that was bouncing around my mind when thinking about this topic was this. Why does God tell us? If you think about it just for a moment, why does God tell us? Well, the first reason is surely that it must be true. If you think about the first warning that Sam mentioned that God gave in the garden, it was this, if you eat from the tree, you will surely die. What God said would happen, did happen. And every person who has ever lived and died has proven that to be true. And so we can be just as certain that what God says about judgment will happen too. His second warning, you will face judgment, is not just to scare us. It's true. Why does God tell us? Well, because it's true and because it's loving. It must also be out of love, right? In fact, even his delay now in bringing us that sentence must also be his kindness. And this is where we get to thinking how we'll take this truth. Because if you're like me, I want to rail against it. I don't want it to be true, and so I deny it. And one of the ways I might do that is to accuse God of evil in judging sin. But that's a bit like the criminal standing in front of the judge and saying to him, how dare you give me this sentence? That response would prove just how lawless I am. If justice is what I say I believe in, I can only approve of the judgment that is coming to me. Or I might take offence at God for telling me. That's a bit like standing before the doctor who's just given me a tough diagnosis and telling him off. Why did you have to go and ruin my day? But if it's true, we may not like it, but telling us it's the most loving thing God could do. God is loving to tell me in advance of his judgment. It must be for my benefit and not for his that he does that. The sobering truth is that I will stand before his judgment seat, and so will you. And God is just and good and will bring the sentence we deserve. Eternity separated from him. There is a third way to respond, though. And that's to accept what God has said is true about you. And to long for there to be a way for you to be forgiven. We'll be exploring this in our next three sessions. We'd love for you to join us for them. Come back this time next week for that. Please join me in the chat afterwards. I'd love to meet you and to hear what you've got to say. I'd be keen to hear your thoughts and even your most strong objections. No holds barred. Will there be justice? God says yes, because He is the judge. Why not join us in the chat? Thank you. <laughs>